0: Hello, and welcome to the Vibrant Light Podcast, your home for uplifting faith-based commentary. My name is Alicia, and I'm your host. Today, I will be discussing a recent speech given to young people by His Holiness Pope Francis, challenging us to live full, active lives. Also, I will be discussing a recent comment by an education group in Colorado declaring that capitalism is, is exploitative, particularly to children and education. On Saturday, April the 29th, Pope Francis met with a large gathering of young people in Budapest, Hungary, during which time he challenged them when he said, among other things, quote, Jesus wants us to accomplish great things. He doesn't want us to be lazy couch potatoes. He doesn't want us to be quiet and timid. Instead, he wants us to be alive, active, ready to take charge. It was a powerful speech that delivered a message that I think all of us young and old really need to hear right now. And I'll post a link to the full text in the show notes because it's definitely worth a read if you haven't seen it. What I really liked about this particular address is he discussed achievement and success in a way that really considers the whole person and the whole person's relationship with their community and the world. And becoming the people God wants us to be, which is how we ultimately will attain true happiness. It's by living in truth. And we can't do that if we're sitting around staring at screens, caught in a rat rat race and living a life that revolves around distractions and consumerism, which is so easy to do in this day and age when we are surrounded by all of these quick and easy emotional pacifiers that give us quick dopamine hits and help us feel good but in a really shallow way. We have to be mindful about how we're spending our time and really being disciplined to create routines and a holistic lifestyle that revolves around habits and behaviors That lead us to where we truly want to be and who we truly want to be. I think within American culture, the way achievement is presented to us is sort of a prescribed series of steps. You go to school, get good grades, participate in extracurriculars so you can go to college and get a good job and buy a house and have a family. And that's how we are told we achieve success. And those are all very pragmatic steps. That's not necessarily a wrong or bad path to follow. That's what most people try to do. Um, I think a majority of, of Western culture. But that path is is very vocationally centric in in that it's preparing us to participate economically in a society and... It's really the hours in between, you know, when, when, we, when we come home from work, when the kids come home from school, when we have that time that we're neglecting because we're so hyper-focused on vocation and being productive members of society that we're not leaving ourselves, a lot of us are not leaving ourselves space mentally and emotionally and physically to round out each and every day in such a way that we're really using our time to the fullest and probably how we we wish we we could and would. And I want to be clear here that this doesn't mean having a checklist of active tasks to do every day from morning to night. Quiet time, prayer, meditation, reading a book, Staring at the stars are all important activities for our overall health and well-being. We, we need quiet time for, for wellness and spiritual growth. What I get out of this in his, in his delivery here is that we, we just want to be mindful when we're going throughout the day and really thinking about how we're engaging and using our time and and engaging in habits that are beneficial to us and being honest with ourselves as to whether the things that we're doing these sort of time filler activities are getting are we doing the things that are getting us to where we want to be or not my husband and I were discussing this recently actually as far as how we put a lot of pressure on children in our society from a pretty young age, to start thinking about what they want to be when they grow up. But when most adults are asking children what they want to be when they grow up, we're not asking them what kind of people they want to be. We're we're usually asking them what they want to do for a job when they grow up, and what kind of career do they see themselves having. And while this is a fun and natural thing for kids to think about, this emphasis and expectation that even teenagers should have a solid sense of what they will be doing for work for the rest of their lives is a fallacy. And the question we really should be asking is what do they want to be when they grow up in the sense that who do they want to be? What kind of lifestyle do they see themselves having? Do they want a large family or a small family? Do they see themselves being more nomadic and living around the world? Do they want a lifestyle that's more home-centric? Do they think they want to live in a city or live in a rural area? And then from there, whether whether this is it's young people or even those of us in our 30s, 40s, and 50s, we can more easily start putting together the pieces of the puzzle as to what we need to do to have that kind of lifestyle that we want to have, not just the nine to five job. But instead, in our consumer driven culture, we tend to put career choice first, and then everything else comes in behind it. And Unfortunately, this leads to a lot of dissatisfaction and a lot of people living in a routine where they go to work all day and kids go to school all day. And then when everybody comes home, we're mentally spent. And the remainder of the evening and the weekends, we're not often as engaged as we would like to be because what we're doing during the week, during the day is draining us and not fulfilling us because we're not doing it for the right reasons. We're not doing it with the right goal in mind as far as what we expect out of that time. And that's not to say not all people are fulfilled by their jobs or that somebody can't be fulfilled by their job. Many people are extremely satisfied and fulfilled by their choice of vocation and, and it's very much a part of their identity but I would say when when I talk to those types of people, when I find them, number one, I do think they're rare. But when I do find them, it's usually their vocation is very much aligned with who they are and their values and their career aligns with other parts and, and dovetails into other parts of their lives. So you oftentimes those individuals are typically engaged in their communities and with their families and with their churches all day every day in a very fulfilling way because everything dovetails together it's it's all it's all complementary it's it's their what they do during the day during during the week is not this separate thing that they just have to do it's it it all works together Now, that's not to say we should all go quit our jobs and buy a homestead or become full-time missionaries. That's not practical for a lot of people. I mean, it's great if you can, if that's what you want to do. But I think for most of us, if we find ourselves caught up in that typical cycle, we can start by maximizing our free time. So at least, at the very least, we're taking control of the hours of the day, when we do have choice about how we're spending our time. And instead of picking up a screen and scrolling social media or watching TV, maybe we do some Bible study or some gardening, or we play a board game with our kids or go for a walk or whatever. It's going to be different for everybody. But just being mindful of how we use our time, because time is the most valuable thing we have. Once we spend time on something, we can't get that time back. So if we're lazy and apathetic and disengaged and we're unhappy, we really only have ourselves to blame. And I think the best way to pl- to to prepare for this is to plan for it, to know that we are going to have these times throughout the day and looking at when we're sort of the most vulnerable to laziness and having things in mind that that we would want to do that would motivate us to choose a healthy and more beneficial activity instead having some some alternatives in place so we're not not as inclined to want to resort to lazy behaviors we're in such a culture of victimhood right now as i've talked about over and over <laughs> that It's very easy to get caught up in a cycle of laziness. We're encouraged to. We're encouraged to see ourselves as victims and helpless and believe that we don't have any control over our own lives. And that we shouldn't even bother because there are those in power that are just going to oppress us. So what's the point? But that's not true. There are always things we can do regardless of our circumstances to our to improve our own lives and little day-to-day habits might not seem like much, but if we can focus on those little day-to-day things that are those little day-to-day habits and periods of time that we're wasting and holding us back from the living, the lives we want and deserve those changing those little habits and filling those small periods of time with beneficial behaviors can add up and start to turn into big things for us that lead to real change. There's a Japanese term called kaizen that's used a lot in business, but is very apropos to what Pope Francis challenged. And the word kaizen literally translates to change for better. And it's based around the philosophy of continuous improvement, oftentimes in small increments. Just each and every day trying to do one thing or maybe a few things a little bit better than the day before. And with the idea that over time, those little changes add up to big changes, because it can be very overwhelming, especially if somebody is living in extreme hardship to think about completely reinventing themselves And that leads many of us not to take any action at all. But we shouldn't be discouraged, regardless of our circumstances, by those who seem to have it all or feeling like we can't even live up to our own expectations of who we want to be because we can't do it all at once. Now, I want to pivot a little bit into a recent news story where the Colorado Education Association was quoted as saying, quote, Capitalism inherently exploits children, public schools, land, labor and resources and the CEA believes that capitalism requires exploitation of children in public schools, land, labor and or resources. Capitalism is in opposition to fully addressing systemic racism, the school to prison pipeline, climate change, patriarchy, gender and LGBTQ disparities, education, inequality and income inequality. End quote. Whew, that's a lot of words. Now that is a obviously a very loaded statement and certainly paints capitalism and the problems with our education system and inequality with a very broad brush. Now I haven't had the time to really dig too much into what the specific supports they have for that statement are or what they're trying to achieve by making that statement. However, there are aspects of the statement that I would dare say are worth paying attention to. And specifically, that is the role of, I wouldn't say capitalism, but a consumer mentality when it comes to how our public schools and education institutions behave. And because there is a lot of the tail wagging the dog, so to speak, as far as funding issues and money and schools And in the area where I live, one thing that comes up a lot is the amount of children that who have left traditional public schooling and have opted instead to learn at private schools and charter schools. And in my state, some public money has been allocated to help support those students who make that choice to leave traditional public schools and one of the main arguments by those who advocate for traditional public schools is that by losing students to private and charter schools the traditional public schools lose money and the conversation seems to always be centered around that rather than the fact rather than the the facts surrounding why those children were pulled from traditional public schools in the first place so instead of talking about children learning and how we can help them learn and why they weren't learning in those schools, the conversation is reduced to speaking about children as units of money and that those units of money pay for curriculum and salaries and facilities and all of the costs and expenses associated with running a school because schools do cost money to run. And then when you move on to colleges and universities, which are more expensive to run, we're dealing we're you know, we're really dealing with a consumer environment at that point. I think it's just really put education on the back burner, and we've created an environment where education and students are uh, consumer resources and products on many levels. So while I think the CEA's statement is overly broad and not specific enough and probably misguided from what I can tell, I do think there is a conversation to be had here. Uh, Unfortunately, I just don't think the language they used is helpful and is intentionally divisive. I've already seen certain news outlets totally taking the bait on this and jumping all over it as far as it being anti-American and uh, these education professionals biting the hand that feeds them and all that type of thing. And that may be true, but it would behoove us to have a conversation, an honest conversation conversation about what's happening in education, both at the K to 12 level and at the university level, and really try to to come to some consensus about what we want our education system to look like. Because one thing I think people can agree on, on both sides of this issue is the current system we have is broken. It's not working. Our kids are not learning. It's overly politicized. Everyone's trying to take a piece of the pie. It's, there's a lot of right fighting and finger pointing and not enough, not, no focus really on education. To circle back to what I started with today, we can only control what we can control. And there's a lot about our, our culture broadly and our society and politics and just things we can't change. It doesn't mean we shouldn't fight for change, but we also can't hide behind our screens and our misery just being outraged all the time and and have that help either. It's important that we take each day, each moment as it comes and maximize the time we have while we have it and use our time in ways that Help us to progress to where we want to be. That concludes today's episode of the Vibrant Light Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please don't hesitate to email me at vibrantlightpodcast at outlook.com. Thank you for listening.